City's comparing notes after a terrifying crime spree. A driver plows through a public plaza. Oh, I looked up and then I saw it came straight for me through the intersection. Three people hurt, a driver taking out a bench before crashing into a tree. And $90 million and counting. The latest wildfire picture in the province and the growing fire concern on the lower mainland. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us tonight. Well, the latest on the wildfire crisis here in B.C. coming up in just a few minutes. First, though, a horrifying situation for a Surrey homeowner when a complete stranger broke into her house, forcing her to hide out in her bathroom with a 15-month-old. She called 911 for help. John Wah picks up the rest of that story. And I called the police and I said, he's... He's coming. He's here. It's a harrowing home invasion. The left Belle Longyear and a 15-month-old hiding behind a bathroom door. I'm crying. My nephew's crying. We're both just shaking. The break-in following reports of a man abandoning this burned-out truck just down the road. Before forcing his way inside this Surrey home on Sunday, the desperate intruder demanding keys to a car. I need your keys. I need to hide. And it hits me in that moment. This is who they're looking for. And... I'm just terrified. Soon after, the intruder fled the home, police arresting a 37-year-old Surrey man at the scene. The police dog eventually did catch up to this guy and apprehend him, uh, but not before he actually bit the police dog himself. And residents in Maple Ridge believe that the Surrey incident might be connected to a rash of thefts that happened here late last week. There were two properties that were robbed on Thursday. One of them hit again on Friday. But that time, a man staying at the home was badly beaten, now in a coma in hospital. Friends say his stolen truck matches the burned-out vehicle in Surrey. The RCMP investigators have determined that this vehicle may be involved in other crimes. Uh, that link still needs to be determined. A possible string of criminal acts leaving residents in this rural part of Maple Ridge feeling uneasy. Pretty frightening, actually. You know, a lot of these homes are off the road and they're kind of isolated, so it's uh, not, not, a, not a great thing. As one victim remains in a coma, Longy left to wonder how much danger she was actually in. He just seemed so dead inside, and that scared me. That was terrifying to me because it just made him so dangerous. Hoping if it was the work of one repeat offender, the rampage has finally come to an end. John Hua, Global News. People in a park in North Vancouver jumping out of the way of an out-of-control car this afternoon. This happened over the lunch hour at Victoria Park on Lonsdale at Keith Road. The RCMP saying that a car with an elderly driver suddenly veered off the road and right through the park, plowing through a bench where there were two people sitting before then slamming into a tree. Those two people were taken to hospital with serious but not life-threatening injuries. The driver was also taken as a precaution. I was playing around the little bear taking photos of my daughter and we were about to leave and I heard a car accelerating, looked up and it just was coming right at me so I think I dove into the planter and grabbed her and just ran so I felt the car going right by my leg. I just saw a, a car come flashing across here, this fume of brown dust on the sound of a crash. Yeah, but uh, you, you said he was looked like he was moving pretty quickly. I, I'd say about 40 miles an hour. Which is a lot for this sort of area as people creep by maybe at 25. Well, the exact cause of what happened here, not yet known why this happened. There are reports, though, that the driver may have had some kind of medical emergency. 
All right, let's get you the latest on the wildfire situation in our province now. There are new numbers today that tell us there are 159 wildfires burning across B.C. 70 new ones starting today, bringing the total to 657 this season. The cost, as we mentioned, about $90 million so far, and evacuee is sitting at 37,000 people. Let's bring in our Sophie Louie, who is in Williams Lake for us tonight. Sophie, a very difficult time for our province. Uh, we're hearing some people are going home today to find out what's left, but others still bracing themselves for the worst news. Yes, for sure, uh, Sonia. Uh, I'm sorry to report to Williams Lake residents that you are not coming back home, uh, not uh, in the near future that we're aware of anyway, because as you can see, the streets are still empty. Uh, but residents of Cash Creek got some good news today. The evacuation order for Cash Creek will be lifted as of 3 p.m. tomorrow. So uh, they get to go back home tomorrow afternoon. Cash Creek, of course, evacuated about 10 or 11 days ago because of that huge Ashcroft fire. That one officially still the largest fire burning in the province right now, but it did settle down. It has settled down since the weekend, allowing our Nitu Garcha to get into Loon Lake, that area today, to see the damage. And Nitu joins us now. What did you find, Nitu? Yeah, Sophie, I was near the southern portion of Loon Lake. Many of that community's evacuees coming here to Kamloops. A lot of them left wondering how their community is holding up. Now, from what I saw, that region is surrounded by mountains full of sections of scorched trees and hot spots. But a quick drive through the southern area and a lot of structures seemed undamaged, except for one. Some properties appear untouched, this one clearly damaged. A drive through this area near the south of Loon Lake with a ghost town vibe. The Ashcroft Reserve wildfire is now the largest fire burning in B.C. It grew over the weekend. Fire officials say wind played a big factor, helping the blaze grow from just over 10,000 hectares a week ago to more than 52,000 hectares. The beast burning dangerously close to this little community. On Friday, nearly 400 properties around Loon Lake were ordered evacuated. And you can see by this black charred hillside below me just how close the flames got, clearly ravaging through this area and down to that structure below. Beyond the thick smoke, you can see sections of trees on the mountainside across Loon Lake, scorched as hot spots continue to burn. And flare up, a look into a community where many are left wondering about the damage. Officials say they can't confirm how many properties have been lost here or which ones. Not far away in Clearwater, more evacuation orders as fires continue to burn in the Dun Lake region. We have over 200 personnel on this complex alone. We have 12 helicopters, we have 21 pieces of heavy equipment. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people and, and resources putting towards this. Meantime, residents of the nearby Blackpool area preparing for the worst. Basically cutting their properties in half, uh, creating humidity domes and greening up the landscape to make it harder for the fire to advance should it spark on this side, which helps us to get a foothold and hit it hard, hit it fast while it's small. Whether forced out of their homes or still at home, tensions are running high for many people as wildfires continue to ravage the region. Nitu Garcha, Global News. Some good news today for residents of an evacuated community that you mentioned earlier, Sophie. The Thompson-Nicola Regional District says that residents ordered out of Cash Creek can return home tomorrow by 3 o'clock. Now, they're still not out of the woods quite yet because that community will still be under an evacuation alert, but still a little bit of good news for those folks. Sophie, back to you. 
I'm sure they'll be happy to go home, at least uh, for now. Thanks very much, Nietzsche. Well, as you can see all around me, the air is thick with smoke, and that's the way it is for many communities uh, in the fire zones right now. As you can imagine, all of these wildfires having a real effect on the air quality in this region. The smoke's so thick in some places, people are having to wear masks. Catherine Urquhart has that part of the story from Kamloops. Air quality is now so poor in Kamloops that face masks are being worn by some evacuees. Yeah, I have a lung infection because I didn't think it was that bad outside. So, and I like to be outside. I don't have a lung infection, but it's definitely helping because I can feel it. Also covering up city employees. It's above 10, which is high risk, and I'd rather not get sick from this. <laughs> Well, I find it makes my throat a little bit scratchy. Um, I mean, it, it is what it is, unfortunately, but the masks, they definitely do, they do help. The Air Quality Health Index rates the air here as 10 plus, calling it very high risk. Canada Post initially sent its carriers out on their routes. Then, due to the smoke and health concerns, brought them back. Despite conditions, everyone is doing their best to help those out of their homes. Why are you doing this? Because we care. Uh, the Salvation Army has been doing this for more than 100 years. Uh, it's, it's part of our DNA to, to help people. We just care about our fellow, uh, fellow people. For the kids, a happy distraction thanks to a generous local. They need help. I can't fight fires. I put smiles on faces. Those with chronic health conditions are advised to avoid physical exertion and stay indoors. You start to feel a little bit sick from it, so you have to protect yourself as much as you can. For now, evacuees are coping as well as can be expected. Catherine Urquhart, Global News, Kamloops. And definitely smoky here, uh, as you can see, of those people who are left in town, as we've been telling you, mostly emergency services. We have seen a number of police officers wearing face masks as well. Well, this smoke has been hanging around all day. And uh, believe it or not, that's actually sort of good news because it means that the wind has not picked up strongly to push the smoke out of town. It does create visibility problems, obviously. But as we've learned over many fire seasons, and this one in particular, that wind can also fan the flames. So that's a little bit of good news today. Now, the latest on the White Lake fire, which is the one of concern to Williams Lake, is that it's about 8,000 hectares and 10% contained. But as we said, the weather today has been fairly calm and that fire is still about seven kilometers from town. That means that crews have more time to prepare in case the fire reaches town. Williams Lake firefighters have been on patrol all of the all this week. They are looking out for ash and embers that might blow in from the fire. They, along from along with other crews from BC are protecting key sites, including mills, where there's an obvious risk with all that fuel that could burn. They've also been putting sprinklers on houses, soaking them down as preventative measure. This neighborhood along Soda Creek Road, it's the closest to the fire right now, and the fire chief is confident all of this work will pay off in a worst-case scenario. I feel very confident. Um, we've done probably as much as we possibly can do. Um, we're at the mercy of the weather and the fire. Um, Depending on the on how fast it comes through the city, if it ever does get to that, that's going to dictate how well we've done. But honestly, um, I don't think we could do much more. We saw a number of crews out today uh, 
sort of on protective duty at houses and mills uh, and around town. Well, the other fires burning near Williams Lake, the Wildwood and 150 Mile, have merged into one fire that covers about 13,000 hectares. That's the estimate. It's called the Wildwood Fire. Now it uh, en- encompasses all of those fires, and it's about 20% contained. Over to the Okanagan, that wildfire that forced hundreds of people, people to evacuate their homes over the weekend and destroyed eight houses is now about 75% contained. A Lake Country firefighters dousing hot spots still a few days later and mopping up the Okanagan Centre blaze today. That one started on Saturday as a grass fire but quickly exploded into that huge wildfire burning homes and several other outbuildings. Hundreds of evacuees managed to get back home today many thankful that their homes were saved. Probably 20-30 feet from my deck. It was just amazing how close it was all the way around. If the wind normally comes from the south and if it had been blowing the normal routes north, the house would be gone for sure. It was very, very scary. It was extremely scary. Had the water bombers and retardant uh, f- uh, planes and the firefighters not had done such a great and accurate, skillful job, we would have lost our house for sure. And we mentioned off the top that residents of Cash Creek will get to go back home tomorrow afternoon. The evacuation order there being lifted. They will still be under an evacuation alert. A little bit of promising news for residents of Hudron Mile House as well. Uh, don't get quite excited just yet, but we're hearing from the Caribou Regional District that 100 Mile House uh, is being looked at as a po- as possibly reopening. The CRD looking at the possibility of a safe return home and lifting that evacuation order. It hasn't happened yet, so you can't go back home to 100 Mile House yet, but officials at the Caribou Regional District are certainly looking into that. Asanya, coming up later tonight on the News Hour, we're going to look at the economic impact of the fires on this region in what is normally a lucrative tourism uh, season in the summer. You'd see lots of people coming to visit, but right now that's just not happening. Sonia? All right, Sophie, we'll come back to you a bit later on then. Thanks very much for now. Sophie Louis in Williams Lake for us tonight. Well, this fire danger applies to urban areas as well. There are growing concerns tonight on the lower mainland about this prolonged heat that we're getting and also the increasing risk. Our Grace Key is live for us in Stanley Park tonight. Grace, we're hearing that people are still not listening to this key message about getting rid of their cigarette butts responsibly. Yeah, certainly, and it has uh, firefighters worried. Well, we're just, as you mentioned, in Stanley Park. You just got the causeway behind me here. You can see with the grass behind me, gives you an idea just how dry these conditions are all across the region. And certainly firefighters concerned. All it takes is one person driving by here or any other area, tossing out a cigarette and starting a grass fire. It doesn't take long to find evidence of an illegal bonfire in one of Vancouver's beaches with the hot, dry conditions that has firefighters concerned. Grass and brush fires are on the rise during the summer months. Surrey has seen its fair share. From May to the first week of July, there were 144 grass fires, many most likely caused by someone tossing away a lit cigarette. So it is a big problem. It increases every year, and we're seeing that same increase this year. Uh, What we're doing to prevent it is um, we're going to begin doing safety patrols through the parks to make sure that uh, we don't have any people burning or camping in the parks at this time of year. They plan to do more than safety patrols. The next time Surrey firefighters put out a grass fire, they'll be putting up signs at the fire location, warning people to smoke responsibly. We do have forested areas and parks that we want to protect, and it is really dry here as well. So we want to continue that education process and help people to 
buy into that message. Vancouver's numbers not as high as Surrey's. There have been 16 grass fires since the start of June and all most likely started by a cigarette. Vancouver recently taking on some tough measures to crack down on offenders. Unfortunately, all the uh, educational campaigns in the world didn't seem to be driving home uh, the risk. So about six weeks ago, we amended the fire bylaw to include a $500 fine for improperly discarded smoking material. Most of our green spaces are very close to structures, uh, boulevards, lawns, things like that, hedges. They're all right adjacent to a structure. And it's only a matter of time before we get a major loss or even a loss of life because of a fire caused by a cigarette. Well, certainly a hefty fine with $500. Now, again, they just started that about six uh, weeks ago, so they haven't uh, issued that fine yet to anybody, but certainly they do have it uh, within them to give that, so they are certainly going to be cracking down and keeping a close eye on the situation. Sonia? All right, Grace, thanks very much for that for now. Grace Key in Stanley Park for us tonight. Good boy, Storm, bring him in. Plus an amazing rescue, all caught on tape. The viral video showing how a dog stopped a baby deer from drowning. Those stories coming up in a moment. First, though, a North Vancouver teen who is battling cancer and had a dream to go to the UN to make the world a better place for kids. She was granted that wish by the Children's Wish Foundation, but now it has all been cancelled thanks to Donald Trump's travel ban. Linda Ellsworth has the full story. Too hot these days. Fortunately, 17-year-old Diba Sanitgare is a nurturer, something that doesn't stop with thirsty plants. I've always wanted to be able to help other people um, and give back to the world. But two years ago, shortly after she and her mother moved to North Vancouver from Moran, Diba had to put her altruism on hold and focus on her own health. She was diagnosed with osteosarcoma. Her cancerous right knee and femur had to be removed and replaced with titanium. I also received a year of chemotherapy. I lost all my hair. I, I felt nauseous all the time. I had pain in my mouth and stomach. But the grueling treatment paid off. Last year, she went into remission. Enter the Children's Wish Foundation of Canada. Our mission is to grant the most heartfelt wish to children living with life-threatening illnesses. Deba's wish? To travel to the United Nations in New York and learn from the experts how to start her own foundation to help sick children less fortunate than herself. It started with a few conversations and then talking to the United Nations and they were incredible and willing. But then Donald Trump was elected. I learned that because I come from Iran, uh, I learned that I couldn't easily get a U.S. visa. And so Diva's wish to go to the United Nations was crushed. Instead, her family will holiday in Greece, a fabulous alternative, even if it won't help her save the world. But that doesn't mean she'll stop trying. I will continue having this dream of helping unprivileged kids. Then hopefully in the future, I will be able to start my own foundation. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Still ahead tonight, an emotional roller coaster for evacuees from the BC interior. And when we went back to the car, we were just in disbelief that they were gone. These guys came to Pitt Meadows, but then had their bikes stolen. How the kindness from others has restored their faith in humanity. And in Rome, the shocking moment when a woman is dragged by a subway train. Stay with us for that too. 
All right, let's go back to our wildfire coverage tonight. And a family who fled the 100-mile house area during the evacuation alert period have been victimized on the lower mainland. As Jeff Hastings reports, though, the heartless theft of their children's bikes is bringing out the best in others. A typical summer vacation scene. Kids on bikes cruising a sunny day away. But Amber and Jordan are in Pitt Meadows, not at home on Horse Lake near 100 Mile House, an area on wildfire evacuation alert. What were you guys going to do for summer vacation? Uh, a lot of water sports, I guess, because we live on the lake and just not getting evacuated, I guess. The Williams Lake evacuation convoy passed near their home Saturday night. The family was already gone, hoping to avoid having to leave in a panic with a wildfire coming over the hill. Scary and smoky and unhealthy um, and un not knowing what's going to happen. Where they're from, you don't lock your doors, let alone lock up your bikes. So they didn't when they went swimming at Central Park in Burnaby. When we went back to the car, we were just in disbelief that they were gone. I was really surprised. I didn't know like how someone could like steal and then like feel okay with it. The kids were crushed. Then North Vancouver's Obsession Bikes heard what happened. So this is our storage area. So the heartbroken, wanted to know if we had any used bikes to, that we could sell them. We don't sell used bikes, but we have a container full of donated bikes that we take throughout the year uh, for a program called Bikes for Tykes. To Lou, a bike means freedom. Not just to travel, but to escape stress and worry. And I feel for those kids. I feel for all those families up there. And the fire's just eating everything. Amber and Jordan are now back on the road riding fixed-up bikes for free. Not only is there people out there that can... that they're not as nice but there's some really good people out there as well it was great what do you want to say to those guys thank you mm -hmm. i actually have an old bike it's way too small for me now so i'm actually gonna go and donate that one back mm -hmm. to them have fun ride your bike <laughs> and stay out of the fire jeff hastings global news Fantastic gesture. Now, there's plenty of water around Vancouver, but would you swim in it? A group of scientists now working with boaters to clean up Burrard Inlet. They're collecting pollution data, and lots of boaters are already on board. Here's Ted Chenecki. With temperatures pushing the mid-20s even by the water, the beaches around Vancouver are the go-to playground. And yes, Metro Vancouver once a week measures the water quality at select swimming locations. It in no way gives the user a true sense of just what they're swimming in. So now they're citizen scientists. These blue dots indicate yeah. E. coli. Yeah. So uh, that's E. coli. These pink dots with the gas bubbles around it yeah. indicate fecal coliform. At about 60 parts per 100 milliliters of water, this sample is acceptable, though you'd still be swimming in feces. At 200 parts, Metro Vancouver closes the beach, and last week, East Falls Creek, where these kids are, was measured at 171 parts. If we take samples from multiple points, it can at least give us information on where the sources of pollution are coming from, and that data can be used from, for the city, can be used for other stakeholders to maybe start to make a difference. Last month, they started handing out these free kits to boaters, who it is hoped will send back hundreds of samples. And that will paint a much clearer picture about water quality around Vancouver. You take about one mil from your sample. And everyone loves to swim in these waters. And um, so just with all the development and, and more people and coming out over time, I think it's just slowly becoming more of an issue. 
Do you think it's even feasible that the city of Vancouver could make this swimmable water by 2018? Absolutely. When, when we start to lose hope in, in what we do, we start to think that it's not possible to um, recover our waters or recover our ecosystems. And so it's always good to have hope and to think that we're going to make change. That's the plan. Make False Creek swimmable for everyone. And not just those who today find themselves up the proverbial creek without a paddle. Ted Chernacki, Global News. <laughs> Thanks very much for that, Well, it was a close call at a subway station in Rome. A woman dragged down the platform and onto the tracks after her shopping bag got caught in the train door. Security cameras capturing the terrifying moments last Wednesday. Passengers pulled the train's emergency brake switch, but that did not work. The train driver saying he didn't see the woman, even though he says he looked in his mirror twice before leaving. The 43-year-old victim has been left with broken bones and is now recovering in hospital. In other news, nine people are dead and one man is missing after a flash flood struck a family celebration in Arizona. Rescue teams are facing more potentially deadly conditions as they search now for the father of three who vanished in those same floodwaters that killed his wife and his children. Coming right at us. The rolling wall of water, mud, trees and debris, triggered by a powerful monsoon. Holy moly. Barreling down Arizona's Verde River, an extended family of 14, wading in a swimming hole, had no idea it was coming. They lost 10 people. This video shows one person clinging to a tree. When search teams arrived, four were rescued, but nine bodies were recovered. The victims, two to 57 years old. He has to be found. 27-year-old father, Miguel Garnica, is still missing. He always said, I'm never leaving my children and my wife. He has to be with them. Today, facing the threat of another dangerous monsoon. We're going to follow this one down. Search teams scoured the river. We have spotters up above for all our uh, safety issues. The terrain here is unforgiving. Jagged rocks and downed trees everywhere. When the water was flowing through here, it was only a few inches tall. But after the monsoon, we're told the water level was at more than 10 feet high. More storms rolled in overnight, dropping up to an inch of rain an hour. The victims never had a chance. There was a small breeze that came up. Uh, there was uh, uh, the sound of, of a rushing type water. And by the time they turned to look in that direction, it had already hit. Tonight, tragedy along the river. One of the deadliest flash floods in Arizona history. In health news tonight, if you are someone who's cut out the sugar and replaced it with artificial sweeteners, thinking that that might help you lose weight, you might want to think again. There's a new Canadian study saying that they could actually be having the opposite effect. They found sweeteners were linked to higher risks of long-term weight gain, diabetes, high blood pressure and heart disease. The team from the University of Manitoba studied the long-term effects of sugar substitutes. The results suggesting sweeteners have no real effect on weight loss. Instead, it just makes people think that they can eat more high-calorie foods instead. Many people are consuming them on the assumption that because they have zero calories, they have zero effect, and they're a healthy choice. Um, and what our research says is that this might not be true, but that we need more studies to really know for sure. 
All right, continuing our coverage on the wildfires burning in our province right now, our Sophie Louis is live in Williams Lake for us tonight. Uh, Sophie, all this week you've talked a lot about those thousands of evacuees. Uh, at the weekend, thousands had to leave. But you've also been hearing from another group who are really affected too. Yeah, Sonia, you know, it, it'll be weeks. It could be weeks, I should say, before this fire season is done. In fact, it will be, um, and even before it calms down. And the toll it's taking on communities is really huge. It's not just on communities that are directly impacted in the fire zone. In fact, many towns that are not on evacuation alert or evacuation order are feeling uh, the pain of this as well. They're seeing a major drop in summer traffic. This would normally be a tourist season for them. Aaron MacArthur has more on how it's only adding to the devastation in this region. Normally packed with summer tourists, the road through Clinton is deserted. Highway 97 is closed on either side of town, and the businesses here are being slowly choked off. Grocery-wise, our businesses may be doing 60% usually, but our gas almost, I would say, we're missing about 80% of our business for gas. It's hard to make a living with just the few locals left. Plenty of vacancy at the Caribou Lodge. The tourists who normally pass through drive this kind of business. At the pub, the taps sit idle. But it wouldn't matter. They're empty. Uh, definitely a uh, pub. Uh, we don't get any uh, liquor supplies at all because it's not essential. But then food supply is still coming, but it takes time. Communities all over the Caribou, Chilcotin, are suffering too. In Williams Lake, stores are only open for a few hours every day to serve emergency responders. I'll be back to pay. The losses region-wide are going to be enormous. You're going to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars for our region that it's going to have an impact. And, if it, and we're not even in the fire season yet. In Clinton, quite a few businesses have simply closed their doors to save money. At the coffee house, as long as there's product to serve, the doors stay open. I got stock and product, so I'll keep serving it until I don't, but uh, stay open, and uh, that's, the, that's the main thing. The fires will pass. The highways will reopen. The question here, will the tourists come back? The already short summer season is now a month shorter. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. And one more thing to note, Sonia, we have been talking about uh, looting happening during this uh this outbreak of fires in the uh, central interior. Well, today, RCMP have reported that they've made a major arrest, uh, just one suspect, but a huge, a huge haul that they discovered. $65,000 in heavy equipment was found on a remote property in Beaver Creek, which is just outside of Williams Lake. Uh, they made one arrest. 38-year-old Shane Brady has been charged and is to appear in court at a later date. But, you know, it has been a problem. RCMP have made, I think, about 10 arrests, 10 or so arrests to date since these fires broke out. And uh, today, $65,000 in heavy equipment discovered on that property. Sonia? Thanks very much for that, Sophie. I know that news of that arrest will be uh, good news for a lot of people because that looting did not sit well with so many. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Sophie Louie, in Williams Lake for us uh, tonight.
Uh, still ahead, a new Time Lord has been chosen, but not all Doctor Who fans are convinced uh, with who they've chosen. That is after the forecast. Uh, let's bring in our meteorologist, Christy Gordon. And Christy, just want to pick up firstly uh, with, you know, we've been talking about the air quality a lot and the smoke mm -hmm. as a result of these wildfires. So what are you seeing? Well, we're seeing it right out towards the lower mainland. Look at this tower cam shot. This is a live shot looking out towards the mountains, and you can't even see the lions. Uh, you can see how hazy it is, all the way down to maybe two, three hundred meters. Uh, so we currently are not under an air quality advisory, but I have a feeling in the next couple of hours we'll start to see this change as this situation gets worse. And wait till you see our weather window photo. We've got a time-lapse shot of the smoke coming in over Kamloops. Uh, here's a, a, a NASA photo, uh, satellite photo of the area. And what's happening is we have high pressure, and that's really trapping a lot of that smoke in the valleys. And you can certainly see where it's thicker all the way along the valleys. And we'll be contending with this same weather pattern for the next day or two at least. So expect the smoke to be extensive right through the next little while. And the uh, jet stream has picked it up. And it is traveling a long, long distance. There have been reports of it being uh, in in Ontario as well. But you can certainly see this on uh, the satellite shot from NASA all the way into Manitoba at the very least. So it is traveling far. There's a ton of smoke out there. Here are the current conditions, though, in Williams Lake. A huge improvement today with far less wind. Temperatures have dropped. They only warmed up to about 18, 19 degrees today. And the humidity levels are on the rise. Uh, not for, for long, though. The next couple of days are going to be dry, but we are tracking one weather system, which I'll show you in a second. Uh, Ashcroft as well, smoky, but far less heat, only at 26 degrees and far less wind as well. Humidity still quite low, though. Very, very dry. And that's the same case across the south coast. We are not in the clear south coast. Make sure you're aware of that. Uh, this is the system here. So it's an upper level low that's going to shift onshore. But with this type of a system, what we get is not consistent rain. We get just spotty showers. And when it travels into the interior, those spotty showers tend to be a little bit less. The bulk of the moisture falling on the south coast few showers pushing into the interior, but you get a risk of thunderstorms as well. So we will be tracking this and we will be honing in on where those showers will be moving over the next couple of days. It's not until Thursday, so make sure you stay tuned. In the meantime, this is your tomorrow. All of the rain often through Fort Nelson, Fort St. John region. Otherwise, south of there, uh, warm, dry, and smoky through the day tomorrow. Temperatures a little warmer than what you saw today. And here's the south coast region. So a range from 24 to 27 across Metro Vancouver. And again, we are focusing in on Thursday with some moisture pushing in, but it's only one day. So we'll be monitoring that. Happy birthday to Alex Conkin, celebrating 100 years today. And here's our weather window that I was mentioning from Kamloops. Steve Kinch sent us this one. The first shot... The second shot with the smoke moving in, and then the third shot. Incredible. Thank you, Steve, for uh, showing us that. That's the smoke moving in in the uh, Kamloops Valley. Thanks very much for that, Christy. They really show us what's going on out there right now. Thank you. All right, there has been mixed reaction from Doctor Who fans tonight after the BBC decided to make the Time Lord a woman. Actress Jodie Whittaker has been cast as the 13th Doctor. That makes her the first woman to take on the role. Uh, she will be replacing Peter Capaldi in the series that started way back in 1963. It is actually one of the most popular BBC shows worldwide. Uh, the decision to cast a woman 
though, has divided Doctor Who fans. Some are praising the move, others saying that the Time Lord is always a man and accusing the BBC of ruining their show just to be politically correct. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you got thoughts on that? You guys have got any thoughts? Yeah, chill out. (laughs) Chill out. I know. Why why, why not? Although, although, would people flip out if James Bond was portrayed? Right. Yeah. Well, that's what... Aren't they doing... um, a uh, new a, James Bond? Well, it's kind not? of a movie, like, the Did character's kind of James Bond-ish. Okay. But, yeah. yeah. Would, that, would that, that be what? Then we'd have a Mr. Money Penny? With Charlize Theron. She's doing the new James Bond. <laughs> it's so Good honor. All right. What's happening in sport today? <laughs> I, you know, the other thing, I've gone to the Canadian Tire for years and have not been able to find a sonic screwdriver. Oh, thanks for telling us that. <laughs> you know what that is? No. It's from Doctor Who. Oh, is it? Oh, I, I think so. Oh, I, I thought right? you were just telling us about your DIY yeah. problems. I had no idea. <laughs> no, no, I don't have any of those issues. He doesn't do any DIY ones. <laughs> All right, we're still talking about Doctor Who, but we will move who on. Who is playing Doctor Who? Exactly, who? Okay. Hmm. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to give you the who, the what, the why, the where. Great. Whatever other <laughs> W I'm supposed to give you. Uh, if there is one area the BC Lions are very wealthy at... It's the quarterback position, with John Jennings backed up by Travis Lule, a potential future most outstanding player with a former outstanding player behind him. It's kind of like your main car is a Ferrari and your second car is also a Ferrari. And the Lions are going to use their insurance policy this Friday when they host the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Travis Lule is going to start and Jonathan Jennings is going to rest the shoulder he hurt last Saturday. Okay, first things first. How long will Jonathan Jennings need to rehab a shoulder that is said to be partially damaged? Well, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's not quite as bad as we initially thought, but, you know, it's something that's going to be uh, game to game. So for this game, obviously, uh, uh, there's no expectation. Uh, you know, we have a lot of confidence. You know, in Travis, he did a great job, and, uh, you know, I think it's important now to let Jonathan settle down, let it heal. And before you can say the phrase, Lule's incredible job of relief pitching against Hamilton is not the start of another quarterback controversy, which used to be an annual event with the BC Lions. His role is backup and mentor to Jennings. In fact, this Friday will be Lule's first start since the end of the 2015 season when it was clear Jennings was going to be the new number one. It reminds me of the old days when I first came into the league. Every team had two great quarterbacks. And... You know, you wouldn't win if you didn't have two great quarterbacks. So I think we've been very, very fortunate in two ways. One, you know, Jonathan has stayed healthy. And two, uh, you know, we have uh, Travis, uh, who we know can be a championship quarterback. All right, that's Boston. Blue Jays taking on the Red Sox. Kendris Morales is putting this one off the green monster. One run will score. How about a second run, Justin Smoke? Sprint! Smoke is getting the wave. Safe. The ball is still on the ground. So 2-0 Jays at that point. back to spring training. Pierce. That's a solo shot. I think this one's right out of the stadium. But the Jays have cashed that 3-1 run lead in, and it's now 3-3 in the top of the eighth inning. Canada is going to bring in reinforcements for its quarterfinal game against Jamaica this Thursday at the Gold Cup of Soccer. Kyle Laren was called up. Now, they left him off the squad originally following a DUI arrest he had in Florida last month. He was finally cleared to play 
after taking Major League Soccer's substance and behavioral health program. Gives Canada another score, which historically we don't have a lot of. That's why Alfonso Davies' emergence is so huge, because he can score, and so can Laren, although he's been more prolific scoring for his club team, Orlando, than he has for Canada, although he does have five goals in 20 games for the national team. This is the uh, final eight bracket for the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Uh, top of the bracket, Costa Rica against Panama on Wednesday, U.S. against El Salvador Thursday, Canada, Jamaica. I think Canada should be able to win this game, but then it's going to get tough in the semis in the weekend because I don't think Mexico is going to lose to Honduras, and I have a tough time saying Canada could beat Mexico. So there you go. There is the setup. The final is next Wednesday. We uh, showed this at noon. I wanted to show it one more time. At Wimbledon, Kim Kleiser. Now, this is the Invitational, so it's not as serious. Some guy in the crowd is mouthing off about serving, so Kim Kleiser goes, why don't you try? You look like you're in good shape. You get out there and play. But then she realizes you got to wear white to play at Wimbledon. So she finds one of her outfits, and believe it or not, it fits, kind of. Well, not really, but oh, he pulled it up. Probably stretched it out and ruined it, but he pulled it up. Now he's in full white. Look at this. Returns her serve. Wow. Uh, not so much there. But he's out there having a good time. And that's... Wow. Listen, he got the pants on. He returned a save. Actually, you know that's what? Good. Getting the pants on was actually more impressive. Than the return save? Returning, yeah, returning the serve, yes. All right. Okay. There Thank you, you very much for You're that. You're welcome. Squire. All right. Uh, Jay Durant is back from his holidays and on Global News at 11 tonight. Jay, what do you got for us? Yeah, thanks very much, Sonia. We're counting down to the swearing-in of Premier-designate uh, John Horgan as his new uh, Democrats prepare to take power in this province. Today was moving day at the legislature. The governing Liberals packed up boxes to make way for the NDP. We'll discuss the speculation of who could make up Horgan's inner circle and hear from one NDP who figures to be a big part of the Horgan government. That story and the rest of the day's news tonight on Global News at 11, Sonia. All right, brilliant. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Jay. Canada tributes continue to pour in over the loss of two Hollywood giants. Plus, a popular 90s singer is back in handcuffs once again and check out oprah winfrey as you've never seen before that is coming up at seven right after the news hour in the meantime back to you all right thank you very much for that okay finally tonight man's best friend coming to the rescue of bambi in the waters off long island this is a great story it mm -hmm. happened uh, in new york the golden retriever is called storm already known as loyal and caring but what he did here surprised even his owner and the best part of this is that it was all caught on camera mm -hmm. Storm is trying to save this baby deer. Storm just plunged into the water, started swimming out to the fawn. I think he's trying to save him. And then grabbed the dog, grabbed the fawn by her neck and started swimming into the shore. Storm, bring him in! Storm, bring him in! And then he started nudging it with his nose and then started pawing it to make sure it was going to be okay, I guess. Good boy, Storm. Good boy, Storm. Good boy. Good boy, Storm. 
Is that great? Oh. Just like a lifeguard. Storm checked the deer over once he got it to shore. Back at home, uh, the English golden retriever got an extra rub down from his owner. He deserved that, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> the fawn was treated for an eye injury and a tick infestation and is now resting at an animal rescue centre until it can get Aww. back on its feet. What was it doing way out in the water, though? Yeah, we haven't investigated that part of okay. the story. Okay. Like, oh. we just, yeah. <laughs> well, we did miss. There was some... Sorry, I said that. Footage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and we, and we also missed the part where, he, where Storm gave him out the mouse. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. But there was some great footage of Storm like nudging him. He kept nudging him to try and get some kind of response out of him. Yeah.